Hey, Chris, this is a very funny bit. Watch this. Hey, Chris, Chris. Okay, Chris is here. Let's take five, everyone. Hey, Come on, five. Phil. Come on, Phil. Hey, Phil. Larry, hi. Hey. Uh, so, how do we do? Uh, well, I, like re- it? I read it. Yes. It's about a jockey, just like you said. Right. Uh, but I got halfway through, and I have to ask you, I, I, how does someone your size become a jockey? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's funny about it. I mean, these are five guys that are terrible jockeys, well, partly because of their height. I mean, sure. But you said there would be friends in it and, uh, and, you know, relationships, and these are just angry jockeys who seem to hate each other. Larry, have you ever been to the track? Do you know jockeys? Because that's the dynamic that works between jockeys. They don't like each other. Well, they I just really don't, don't know if people want to watch, you know, bitter jockeys arguing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess in your perfect world, everybody would be holding hands and jumping into Look, fountains. I am Right now, that's what hey, you're saying, hey, right? Hey, hey, All I'm saying is the network is thinking about a Friends-type show. That's what they're looking for. We give them that and we get uh, a show on the air, which is more important. Larry, I'll tell you right now, I am not doing a rip-off of Friends. I don't want to... I don't want to do a rip-off right. of Friends. See, forget All it. Right. No, this okay. is what I got with the you know network what? before. I don't need to go through it again with you. Fine. You know what? I'll send it to the network, and I'll just let them decide. Thank you, sir. That's all I was asking Good. For. I would give you a big wet kiss on your lips, but let's wait till we get picked up. Phil? Yeah. Yeah. This script that Chris Elliott wrote stinks. Would you take it and fix it? Yeah. Hey, thanks for the vote of confidence, Larry. Same with this desk piece. everybody and welcome to the Nightfly with me Dave Juskow. Happy holidays everyone. December edition 2019 the end of 2019 going into can you imagine 2020 all of us around my age thinking I'm not gonna be alive to 2020. Are you kidding? But it's happening and it's only happening in a few days. 2020 if that's not the future I mean, I can't believe we got past the Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future, Future. I can't believe the Cubs won the World Series. The Red Sox won the World Series. Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor. Look what happened in our lifetimes. This is the Nightfly. I am Dave Juskow, and happy holidays to everybody. I hope, you know, we were kind of two weeks off, technically, because we split our last podcast with the lovely Sarah Silverman into two so we had a few weeks off by ourselves, and now here we are back, you and me together, in my room overlooking a beautiful Saturday afternoon, Pearl Harbor Day, my uh, Aunt Judy's birthday, when there was uh, some more activity, uh, some bad activity at Pearl Harbor. But uh, Saturday, December 7th, coming out on what? Tuesday, what's, I don't know, the 11th? 
what is our day? I don't know. Whatever the day is. So taping is just a few days before it comes out on a beautiful Saturday in New York City overlooking the East River. And a little chilly day. Chilly in my apartment. I think there's definitely a window open where I'm getting a, a, a cool breeze, but it's quite all right. I, I actually finally turned on my heat the other day. You know, it's a little bit too powerful, so I don't turn it on very much because then it tends not to go away. But it was nice. I was just getting very cold for a period of time, shivering, and I couldn't get warm. Most people would say, maybe you're sick, but I'm not. But it seems like everybody else is. I don't get sick very often, and now I better not because I don't have insurance. But these might be the final days without insurance, which will be excellent for all of us. All right, well, let's get down to the podcast. This is the Nightfly. So I hope, I really do hope everybody had a lovely Thanksgiving and that it was uh, 10 times better than uh, mine, which uh, technically sucked. It didn't technically suck, but it sucked. Um, you know, just, it's just, I told you, I just didn't want to have anything to do with my sister or my family. And, uh, it just, it's just a bad time. So, uh, well, let's start from the beginning. We had, uh, our podcast with Sarah, uh, which I think was, uh, pretty good, pretty, uh, you know, it was okay. And I, I hope you liked it. Uh, the big reveal that I, you know, she's all on board with me doing the Larry Sanders podcast, which is a huge deal. Uh, because you want her permission, you want Judd Apatow's permission, which you haven't got yet. And Friday, uh, that being yesterday, uh, I went to a meeting, and the, the name of the place where I might be taking the podcast is called Acast. I don't think it'll leave SoundCloud, but I'm I'm just not sure how it works. It'll still be free, of course, because you know <laughs> we pay for this. Uh, but there might be a couple of advertisements, maybe. Um, I mean, they're definitely all into the Larry Sanders one, but of course, Sarah said to bring it to Sirius Radio, so uh, they've never liked me over there, but but being on Sirius, uh, you know, that's a pretty good deal, too, but you definitely want to get the guests, you know, and we just played the clip up top. I mean, you got to have Chris Elliott on and talk about that episode. What's funnier than he wrote a sitcom about evil jockeys? I mean, that sticks with me in my head every day. It's hilarious. And... um God, I can remember that episode completely, but then, you know, when you watch it again, God damn, that show's good. But as I was talking about with this guy who's just a huge fan of Larry Sanders and was so, so excited about it, this guy who apparently has a popular podcast of his own, which I don't remember his name, his name's Tim, uh, down at Acast, um, he was so into it because he's like, you know, which I was talking about, it's a time capsule of the 90s, uh, let alone your celebrities who, you know, some may still be famous, but some, you know, didn't survive the 20 or years or so, or maybe 30, um, not even in death, in just popularity, uh, let alone, you know, I mean, if we did this and you only have an hour and you know how difficult that is for me, I'm all coffeeed up and ready to go. I could talk for two, three hours on one episode. It's going to be very difficult because you want to, you're going to want to, you're going to want to put in the monologue, his monologue. I mean, we could do you know what? I would probably have to do a separate segment on the monologue alone because the monologue is a complete time capsule. All Bill Clinton jokes, you know. Um, then the, you know, you want to get the musical guest in and stuff. I mean, it really is, uh, there's no other word for it, but a time capsule of the 90s. And uh, he brought up the excellent point, of course, the, what I remember completely, him and Winona Ryder 
are watching one of the band's warm up, which is Smash Smash Mouth, which just you know he's hitting on Winona Ryder. He's like, yeah, I love Smash Mouth, you know, which was hilarious to all of us who are a little older. And you know, there it is. There's your '90s. He's hitting on Winona Ryder while watching Smash Mouth. There it is. In fact, that's what we should call the podcast. Winona Ryder meets Smash Mouth, and then you know what the podcast is about. Oh, this is a podcast about around 1995. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Very excited about that. But uh, anyway, also what is in the podcast, I had talked about, you know, my new friend Natalie Cuomo and, uh, you know, how I took her off the, the show at the cellar on November 18th, which, you know, like I said on the show was an excellent show. Really great. Went great. I was very happy with it. But she hadn't talked to me since. Um, I was pretty upset about it. And then I said, well, listen to the podcast and you'll see, you know, how it happened. It's not your fault. It's mine. And then she listened to it. She goes, oh, I heard the podcast and everything was fine. And then the other day I get a call. She goes, I can't believe you mentioned me like that in front of Sarah Silverman. And I'm like, are you kidding? You should be lucky she knows your name at all. The hell's the matter with you? Why would somebody say something like that? The whole podcast, I mean, if you listen to it, it says, I'm an asshole. Sarah's like, you're self-destructive. You know, it's like, so I don't know what she wants. Maybe other people have different ideas of her, uh, which may be correct, I guess. I was talking to somebody else that she used to know, and I don't know. You know, maybe she's not the the kind girl that I thought she was, which is a shame because I really like her, and I get very upset that she doesn't want to be friends, you know, because um, I enjoyed her company. But, uh, yeah, I can't spend any more time grieving over her because, and I, like I say, just as a, at a friendship, because it's, uh, well, it's it's counterproductive. Uh, but it did bother me all the way up to Thanksgiving. It was like really bothering me because I felt really horrible about kicking her off the show. So that was weighing on me too. So here's what happened, and this goes into Thanksgiving. Um, okay, so as you know, uh, normally, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, my sister and her stupid kids have been coming here. We go out for dinner. Uh, they stay over. The boys go home, and Matt, you know, my brother-in-law, goes and cooks, and then we go back to Jersey. You know, that's always been the plan. I wanted to mix it up this year. I didn't want them coming in. I just wanted to hang out on my own. I didn't want to go over to their house on Thanksgiving. The only reason I wanted to go over to their house on Thanksgiving is because Matt's an amazing cook. I mean, really, I only went over there for the food that it was absolutely delicious, and he absolutely delivered again. I don't know how he makes turkey so perfect and juicy because turkey is normally dry because most people, I guess, don't know how to work it properly or cut it properly. And my dad for years, was he, this dickhead was thinking, he's like, I'm great at doing the turkey. Carb. That turkey was dry every fucking year. We had the worst Thanksgivings growing up. Like, I've never had a good Thanksgiving I'm like, I don't know how many people do. A lot of people get upset seeing their families and stuff. This is nothing new, but God, you know, I mean, I, I think I've always talked about it. We just had the worst people invited, the worst times. No one ever our age. So I've never, ever had a Thanksgiving with like peers. And except for that one time I was on the Letterman show and their Thanksgiving and Letterman ruined that. Uh, you know, I've told the story and I'll tell it again another time. I don't feel like bringing that up. And then that turned out to be a bad night because a girl, a, a girl again, I was actually truly in love with, uh, got sick and didn't show up. So I was spending it by myself mostly. And 
uh, to this day, she is, you know, she likes me, you know, now. And why didn't she like me? I mean, she did like me then, but she wasn't. She was like, oh, I was afraid to show it. I'm like, well, that's no use now, is it? Because we could be married and have kids and stuff now. You blew it. Anyway, what the hell am I talking? I am going off on a tangent I do not want to be on. The point is, Thanksgivings have always sucked in the Just Cow household. I mean, always sucked. I was just thinking the other day, you know, I mean, that's what my dad wouldn't let me go to the high school football game. Again, I think I talk about it every Thanksgiving. The one time I wanted to do something normal. I mean, if you picture me like young Sheldon and I don't do anything high school normal, you know, the one time I wanted to go, you know, I knew the the quarterback for the football team and he's like, yeah, hey, you're going to come Thanksgiving Day? And I'm like, my dad won't let me. I have to clean the bathroom for these fucking morons that are coming over. Nobody we know. Oh, fuck. So all bad Thanksgivings. That's the bottom line. I don't want to go into anything again. Just I, I can picture myself cleaning the fucking bathroom, listening to the game on the radio, and I'm like, geez, I could have gone. I can't believe my dad wouldn't let me go. to. You would think if he thinks his son's a homosexual and he doesn't like that, the best thing I could have said was like, but I want to go to the game. My friend is the quarterback. He asked me if I was going to go. You would think a guy like that who, you know, just hates everything gay, which we didn't hate it, but, you know, he just thought I was gay or whatever, that that would be the greatest thing that I could have said to him. Uh, God, that's the worst part about life is still being angry about that day in 1981. You know, that is completely unacceptable to still be angry about that stuff. And these are the kind of things I guess people carry around. I don't know. Do I carry it around more so than others? I'm still mad about Thanksgiving 1981. But I think that was like where I was like, this sucks. I hate my entire family and it's never gotten better, at least for Thanksgiving purposes. I'm glad I don't have to travel too much or whatever, whatever. Anyway, anyway. Oh, my God. God, this podcast is a mess. I almost want to stop and start over, but, you know, whatever. It's also been, by the way, six months since my job, since I left, since I've been terminated from my job because my unemployment just ended. And I think they give you six months. So this is the halfway point. So now, y'all, it gets real. Um, Anyway... At this point this year, my sister came in just with Dory. Dory likes the city. Eliza hates the city. Billy doesn't care. My brother-in-law hates coming in. So it's just my sister and Dory. And I'm like, that sounds like the worst plan of a good time ever. But my sister's like, yeah, we're coming in this year. And I was trying to be like, I'd rather you didn't come. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, I don't want to do Thanksgiving, but she just kind of forced her way in and then was like here's what we're doing i work at an eye doctor now and there was a girl came in and she's singing she said she's singing on thank the wednesday before thanksgiving so i made a reservation for us at the restaurant she's singing in and that's what we're doing and i'm like well i don't, I don't really want to do that yeah that's what we're doing i'll see you then and then and so then uh my friend ryan who hooks us up with the hooks me up with the comedy clubs you know on on the the great sunday five o'clock show which probably saved my life he works at Macy's. So he got us a thing where we can go to Macy's and watch the parade. 
And my sister and Dory were all over that. So she was really excited. I was not. Not only didn't I want to do the thing the night before, and maybe it would have been fun if it was actually just me and Beth, but we know Dory doesn't drink, so she's no fun. And then uh, I definitely did not want to do the parade thing, even though it was indoors. It's not, you know, you don't have to sit outside right there, but just the thought of going to the where the parade is and the crowds in my head, it was like trying to plan. You're bringing in people from out of town and you're trying to make a plan with people in Times Square on New Year's Eve. You know, that's the way it is in my head. The exact same thing I get in my head that when I'm going to uh, take the car out of the garage and go somewhere, you know, the the stomach issues I get just from knowing I have to get out, I have to get this car out of the city somehow in, in, a, in, a, in a calm manner. So it's like I didn't want to do any of that stuff. I didn't have any other plans or anything. Actually, I found out I knew Heather Graham still has that party, so I was kind of maybe I'll go to that this year or whatever. But just nothing worked out. So I knew Beth and Dory were coming in, and I was just getting upset about the whole thing and the day after. And I, I don't know. Everything was bothering me. And I just feel like she was just, like, not listening to anything I was saying. She's like, she was doing the exact same shit my father was doing. She's like, here's what we're doing. Deal with it. And, you know, that's why I'm always glad he's dead. I don't have to listen to that anymore. I don't care. I just don't like being told what to do. I never have. It depends. I mean, you know, when I was working at that job, I I didn't care. You're going to tell me what to do. You're my boss. You're paying me. It's totally different. But the family members saying that, you know, that sucks. So, so they... You know, so my plan is always to try and leave the house by 4.30 before it gets dark because this seasonal thing is a real thing. And to help me, I got to try and leave no matter what I'm doing. I try and leave like, you know, if I'm doing something 7 or 8 o'clock, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting ready when it's daylight. You know, maybe I'll leave when it's dark, but... I'm getting things ready to go at 4.30, you know, like the the clock countdown begins to where I can be a person because then once it's dark, the night is over for me if I'm not ready to leave the house. So I knew they were uh, going to come in. I She said, hey, we want to go see a play beforehand. And I'm like, I don't want to do that, but you know, you guys are doing, I'll meet you after the play or whatever. And I was mad they were seeing a play before. I don't know why. I'm just like, I, what do you, let's just, just come over. We'll do the podcast. You notice we didn't have the kids in the hall this time because she's like, oh, we'll come over to do the podcast at six o'clock. I'm like, no, no, no. It's too dark. Then, Cause then we had to leave. I just, I can't handle it. It just wasn't working for me. So I said, I'll meet you at the place, but maybe she didn't understand that I had to get out of the house so I didn't know when that show was over. She gave me no details. I didn't even know what show they were going to. She never told me anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, at 4.30, I leave the house. And I'm just walking over. She goes, oh, we're done. We're coming over to your house. we got to drop some stuff off. I'm like, I'm already out. I'm already on Lexington Avenue. She's like, but I thought we were doing the podcast. I'm like, I didn't say we were doing the podcast. I said I had to get out of the house. So we're already kind of feuding in a text. And then I'm just waiting at this one location on like 53rd and Lex and they come over and I'm just standing there cause I'm not in a good mood. And I'm like, well, I just wanted to meet you guys. She's like, well, what are we going to do for three hours? I'm like, 
well, I can't help the fact that your daughter doesn't want to drink. I mean, we can hang out. I just wanted to hang out in that area. They were a block away. They were on the same block that we were going to dinner. I'm like, why are you coming back? I didn't know you had luggage or anything because many times when Dory comes in, we go right out from the train. She just has a small backpack. My sister brings this heavy camera with her. I don't know why she brings a real camera anymore. I'll tell you that in a second. And and then it's it was just annoying. I just like that last thing I want to do is go home. So anyway, she starts screaming at me. I mean, she goes ballistic. She's like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry if I decide we're gonna do one thing. You can't do one thing." And she gets me. She's like, "You know what? Don't come over tomorrow." And she just leaves and leaves me and Dory standing there. She goes, "I'm going. I'm going home or whatever she was gonna do." She just left. And then Dory was like confused. She's like, I don't know what to do. Because it was really weird. If you're, you know, it's like as a boy, I I've ne- I never saw my Aunt Judy and my dad like fight like that. Or certainly my mother and that other idiot brother she had. But, you know, it's like I can't even imagine. That's kind of exciting. I would think if I was Dory, I'd be like, wow, it was cool. I saw my uh, my uncle and my mother just really going at it. You know, it's but it's so standard brother and sister stuff. But. You know, I wasn't even mad. I, I was just like, can't we just discuss shit? You know, like, I just wanted to talk about it. I was pretty calm, but she blew a stack. She's got a major temper, you know, like a real temper that she's always had. And I used to have one, but it has completely subsided, you know, besides once in a blue moon, like a real rarity blue moon. Sorry, just having some coffee. Um, So we're just sitting there. Dory doesn't know what to do. She's texting, and I'm like, look, I... You know, I, I texted my sister. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm sure we can rectify this. Just come back. And she's like, no, don't come over tomorrow. And the first thing I thought of, I'm like, good. I don't have to do anything, but I'm going to be sad. Like, you know, how, I guess I'll go down to the cellar. But I am really upset that I'm going to miss Matt's cooking. That was like the only thing I was thinking of. But I knew they were having a Thanksgiving at the cellar. I could do all that stuff, you know, at least, like I said, that's my real family now at this point. Um. So anyway, Dory went with Beth. She's like, I guess I got to go with her. And she caught up with her and somehow convinced her to come back because, of course, they wanted to go to Macy's tomorrow. That's what they were really looking forward to, which was the part I was like, good. If they go, I don't have to go to Macy's tomorrow. But that was the part they were looking forward to. So they come back. You know, it's 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 really awkward. My sister's not talking to me at all, obviously. We go back to my apartment, and then we just sit there and watch TV for three hours. Like, the one thing I did not want to do, you know, I fell asleep a couple times. It was so awkward. And then finally, like, 8 o'clock, we leave. We go over to this uh, restaurant. We're the only ones there. There's no one else in the restaurant except this girl's parents. Somewhere on 46th Street, you know, like that restaurant row. And she's going to sing, you know, show tunes, whatever. And there's a piano player there. And he's horrible. He's like singing his own compositions, which nobody wants to hear. And she's pretty good. And she's okay. And I guess she's been in a couple things. A typical Jersey, probably 32-year-old, you know, girl that just thinks, I'm good at everything. I don't know. I mean, she was nothing but nice. Her parents were nice. And I'm sure she was thrilled that we were there because, well, that was it. It was just five of us. So it was fun, and the food was pretty good. Service was horrible. And then we had a couple glasses of wine, and we were doing okay, and we were having a good time again. And then, because uh, we stopped for a beer, I, you know, at uh, PJ Clark's, because I had a friend there first, you know, on the way. So things were getting better once we left the house. 
and then we went there, and then I think we just went home and fell asleep. Like we didn't, you know, a lot of times Dory and I would do the podcast or watch TV. I think we were exhausted from the meal, the wine and the heavy lasagna just weighed in, and uh, I just fell right asleep. Cause plus, we also had to wake up at like, we were leaving at 7 to be at Macy's at 8, and the parade starts at 9. No big deal. So, you know, we bring, I said, let me get some donuts or whatever. And it seemed like my sister was angry about stopping for donuts. I'm like, let me bring something, you know, because this guy's getting us in. And then I was like, you know, we worked our way in. Somehow, meanwhile, the guy wasn't there. Our names weren't up front. Of course, there was a problem, but it wasn't a problem. Then he, so we were just hanging out on this floor. We don't even know where to go. And then he comes up and it's this like um, area, but it's full of people and it's weird. But... I never even got to see most because, you know, there were just kids on the windowsill and stuff. But it really was exactly where you're seeing the show on TV. We were watching it, but from a cozy, warm window on the fourth floor. So we could see everything by looking out the window and going down. Now, the balloons would have been completely at our eye level if there wasn't so winds. They had a little lower. So otherwise they would have been there. But we could see them going by. So technically, it was a complete success. Um, because at first we were supposed to be on another floor with less people, but they closed that floor off, I think for Michael J. Fox or something. I don't know. It seemed like it was going to be a disaster, but it all worked out. Everybody was nice and it was an okay time. Once we got in, I didn't care what we did. I was like, you know, just the weight was lifted off my shoulders. Also, I knew Natalie was going to be there. So I just, you know, I was very uptight about seeing her and her mother and everything. And she came and we hugged and everything was fine. Thank God. I was really happy to see her. And we had a good time too. Now, meanwhile, my sister had her stupid professional camera and she's showing the pictures. Like when I saw it the next, I'm like, hey, how come Natalie's pictures are better on her phone than your picture? She goes, well, she was standing in a different location. I'm like, yeah, but you got this big camera and her pictures were a better quality I, and everything I said at that point, my sister was just growling. So then I go to get some coffee in this little kitchen area. You know, it's Macy's, like corporate cubicle stuff and everything. And I go to get some coffee. I'm talking to this girl, and she's a teacher in, like, you know, New Jersey. And my sister does, once a week, she teaches at a place in Jersey at the same place where this woman worked. So I called her over, and I'm like, Beth, come over here. I want you to meet this girl. And she was like, What? Because she was like watching the parade, but she had already been watching for two hours. I'm like, hey, I want you to meet somebody. Like, I was taking pictures. And I'm like, well, Jesus Christ, can you just come over and meet this person? It was like so embarrassing. I'm like, what are you, 12? Uh, you know, I'm like, hey, this woman, I think she might work where you work. That's all. Jesus Christ, you fucking weirdo. She's like, I'm taking pictures. Um, ugh, it was so annoying. And it turned out they all right, they didn't work together, but I was just trying to introduce her to some people and be nice because, you know, this guy, you know, let alone introducing her to the guy that got us in. She's just like, what? Oh my God. It was so horrible. I'm like, you can take pictures in a second. I mean, if it was like, all I want to do is get pictures of Snoopy and Snoopy was going by and I took her away from that. I get it, but it wasn't that. And she wasn't taking any pictures in particular. And if she just even said that, like, wait, hold on. I just want to get a picture of Snoopy. You know, she couldn't have said it like that. She was so angry. It was so annoying. So, yeah, that was bad. Um, but Dory was really happy, I think, just being there. Because it was kind of exciting seeing what you see on TV. We were watching live, but cozy without our jackets on. 
So it was a pretty good situation. And um, we were there for the full three hours until Santa came. And then we left. And then we left and walked up. Um, you know, hopefully there, you know, of course they didn't open my block again, uh, you know, to get the car out. So, so horrible. Anyway, then we took the car back to Jersey and whatever. Right. So then we pick up, um, we stop at a liquor store so I can get my small little nips that I like a beer, you know, the small cans, which I love. I like piling them up and I had like five of them cause I was like pretty sick of bath. And, um, you know, and then we pretty much were eating right away. Uh, but my sister was just, she was just so angry at me. Everything I did just was making her angry. I don't know. I could just see. She wasn't saying anything. She was just like growling, you know, like just, you know, I guess from the day before. And everything I did was making her angry. You know how she feels if I don't, if I don't contribute to whatever they're doing over there. I just don't care. I'm like, fine. Don't invite me anymore. I don't care. Then. Apparently, Billy was in a play. I'm like, how come I didn't get invited? Like, no one wants to go to a play with you. And I'm like, oh, that I can understand that. You don't have to say it like that. I mean, I, I get it. You know, whatever. Um, she, so she got mad at me. Like, so we went to our mother's on Tuesday, and I always get a Dunkin' Donuts coffee before I go, and I had it at my mother's, and I always reheat it. She got mad. She's like, yeah, he always leaves those cups at my house. Can you imagine? I just, yeah, I leave the Dunkin' Donuts cup because sometimes I think I'm going to drink it again. And reheat it. And I guess if I I don't throw it out, she gets really angry. It's just a cup of it's a it's not like it's a a ceramic cup that's gotta be washed. It's a cup, you dump it, throw it. I mean, big deal. All right, I leave that hanging around. I can think of so much worse things to do. She gets so upset that my Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup is hanging around. Jesus Christ. She's mad at everything all the time. So I don't think there's anything I can do to just make her not angry with me anymore. And obviously I'm upset with her, but mostly just because she's like not getting over stuff. That's the worst part. I mean, I know we, you know, we fight, we're brother and sister, but she's just not getting over stuff. She's still not getting over the stuff. I guess I should know that from when we were little. She's still angry. Whatever it is I did. She seems to think that everything I do isn't a normal brotherly thing to do and i keep saying like i know guys that have done much worse that are douchebags i mean just like, let it go and that's me saying that i say a whole grudge about everything but i don't know uh, anyway the food was good i then, then i was angry because just she was making me upset and we watched a couple friends and then i went home Oh, and I lost a lot of money at gambling, and that's what made that was making me angry. But that was later, you know. That wasn't at the place. That was like then I got depressed on Friday, yeah, because I, I took a chance. I'm like, no, I'm gonna bet big on this my one bet of the week. I really like, and <laughs> I'm so stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so stupid. But you already know that, and we don't have to discuss that. But you know, you got a bit Thanksgiving Day. It's exciting. But. uh why is she so mad at that stupid coffee cup? It's pathetic. Yeah, I'm just looking at my notes. I'm just, I just, yeah, just, um, I guess that was it. And then I just, I kind of got, I couldn't, you know, I was so glad to just get back in the city, go home. And I think I went to bed, like, as soon as I got home, like, I don't know, maybe nine o'clock. And I slept until, I, I think I slept like, 50, I slept 15 hours. On Friday, I think, or, or the other way around until Saturday. I don't remember. I don't have any other plans. 
So I just kept sleeping, somewhat out of depression, maybe because I needed it. I don't know. I just, uh, probably depression, losing money, stuff like that. I'm sure that's what it was. But, oh, God, it was. I was just glad it was all over, you know. And we can just go into the, uh, the Christmas time of the year, you know, and just get serious. Thanksgiving, what a mess. It's like I look forward to it so much just for the food wise. Oh, I know, because on Saturday, oh, thank God, right, I had something to do on Saturday. So on Saturday after Thanksgiving, you know, me and, you know, my friend Lee Maracas and his wife, Laura, we always go to Wolfgang's Steakhouse. Saturday after Thanksgiving, it's tradition. The only thing that messed it up was Cousin Frankie's wedding, which was fun. But we love doing the Saturday after Thanksgiving stuff, and it's just like, you know, I'm on an eating frenzy now. Since Thanksgiving started or the night before Thanksgiving, I just can't stop eating, you know, and I was doing pretty good in my intermittent eating, but now I can't stop myself. I think like everybody. And that's another thing I want to tell you about. So, let me turn off the Christmas music for a second. So I was thinking, boy, everything's pretty bad. Everything's pretty bad. So I was talking to my friend Katie, right? (laughs) And I'm like, things are oh, this is bad, this is bad. I got troubles, I got troubles. And I'm talking to my friend Katie, and she goes, oh, you're not going to believe what just happened to me today. Now, she's got a son who's got, like, a mental problem because he had some, like, asthma or something, you know, like, it messed him up. They don't know what the story is. Sometimes he has seizures, you know, whatever, all this stuff. And he's he's just not that normal anymore. Good kid, but something's wrong. And uh, he's in fifth grade, and she said, yeah, he got jumped by these black guys. They live in Orlando uh, last week. And I was just about to go to the Orlando Arena with a magic play because my daughter is singing in the, she's going to do the national anthem and the chorus or a Christmas, whatever they were doing, uh, they were doing at the Orlando Arena. She had to get there uh, and set up, but she, she was on her way to go there early and she had to get there early because her husband, who's awesome, has MS and he needs a wheelchair now. You know, these people are only 40, and she, and she needs a wheelchair, so she's got to go there early and get the wheelchair, make sure he runs around. But before that all happened, her son got jumped by these, uh, like, four black kids, and uh, then she had to deal with that, and, you don't know, nobody knows where it came. I mean, they went to school with him. He's in fifth grade, so she was dealing with that, but then she was like, I got to get going to the arena. I'm going to be late, and I got to pick up the wheelchair. I got to get there early because Johnny can barely walk anymore. It was like, I was like, um... Yeah, that sounds like a worse situation than I should shut up. I should really shut up because that sounded much worse. Uh, So a lesson for us all during this time of the year, Christmas time, that no matter how bad things might be, so many people have it so much worse. With Dave Juskow's complaints, which are, of course, hilarious, um... You know, <laughs> what the fuck is my problem? There's so many people having a horrible Christmas this year for really good reasons, you know, that are terrifying reasons. So that's what makes all my problems uh, kind of hilarious in every way possible. Even not having any health insurance is hilarious. And I've been on the phone with these bozos. Actually, everybody's been very nice at this Department of Health in New York State. I'm trying to get, like, well, what's going to be your income for 2020? I'm like, huh? Yeah, no, this goes on your 2020. I'm like, well, I'm not expecting any income, so what am I supposed to say? And then they keep saying, you need all this stuff, you need all this stuff. 
And I call every day and I'm like, yeah, I uploaded that thing. They're like, yeah, but you didn't put the other thing. I'm like, well, you didn't tell me the other thing. I mean, everything's recorded so they could figure it out. And then finally yesterday, I'm just like, are, are you sure we have it all? Because I call every day and then they keep saying that you need something else. So, but you know what? That that doesn't even make me upset because I know what I'm dealing with. I know what the whole country is dealing with in this healthcare. Healthcare that I didn't even think about when people would say it because I had perfect healthcare for 20 years. So now it's so interesting with these candidates. I'm actually listening to them talk about healthcare. I'm like, eh, who gives it? Oh, right. I need that uh, something. I was just thinking my pills are almost going to run out. What am I going to do? Go to Canada? That's I can't get sick yet. But maybe by January 1st I can. Who knows? It's all very entertaining. But, uh, was it? oh, so, so, so we go to Wolfgang Steakhouse right on the Saturday before. So I was okay. It's like I, you know, I slept, I definitely slept all day Friday, just slept, slept, slept. And then I knew I was going to eat this, you know, unbelievable meal on Saturday. So I'm not going to eat. So I'm going to eat again like crazy. And I know it's going to be pricey. So it's me, Lee, and Laura. But lately we've been inviting Rachel Feinstein and her lovely husband, Pete, the fire captain, chief, oh, chief, um, to join us because it's fun because Lee likes it because Rachel makes fun of me and everybody likes when people make fun of me because it is entertaining for everyone, always, since the beginning of time. That was my favorite, that was my sister's favorite dinners when everybody just gangs up and makes fun of me. I'm pretty good at taking it. Um, so I think that's what adds to it. You know, I just kind of laugh along. It doesn't really bother me at all. Um, full of well aware that I am kind of a moron. So if that gives everybody joy, then so be it. So, um, you know, the ritual is they always come over here. We have a little something to drink. We get a little high, watch something funny on TV, have a good time like two hours beforehand. Then we walk over to the restaurant. It's been a tradition for a couple of years. It's really fun. And I'm not allowed to invite any dates or anything until I have a significant other and then she can join us. But meanwhile, uh, we've allowed Rachel and Pete to come in because we love them. And uh, Lee's brother, Todd, who I've known, you know, since high school, too, came this time. So he was technically my date. And so we had a great time. You know, I had some wine. I had everything I wanted. Shrimp cocktail. He was my favorite. And this time we added in mushrooms for Rachel and the sautéed onions. The beautiful steak that's just perfectly cooked and... Uh, mashed potatoes instead of the German potatoes we decided we didn't want anymore. You know, nobody cares for those Germans. Cream spinach. I mean, everything was just absolutely delicious. Of course, the hot fudge sundae at the end. Oh, boy. And like I said, I've tried other places. And for me, my money, Wolfgang's, just nothing compares to Wolfgang's. Either one of, every side I've ever had has been perfect. Um, even though, I, I think we had Brussels sprouts this time and they were delicious. And at the other places, they're just, Every, there's one thing that's always off and I don't have anything off at this place, including the hot fudge Sunday. There's no nuts in it, which I don't care for. They got the good ratio as a side says as, as a hot fudge to ice cream, you know? So it's just always a good time. And then the bill came and, um, I just said, Lee, you handle it. Cause he's the money man. I mean, he works in finance. Everybody knows. Don't give me the bill. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, or give Todd the bill. He lives in Singapore and he's made a fortune. Give one of these guys, you know, the bill to work at. We're all gonna, and they, you know, I don't. Ex- I expect Lee to pay for me when we're alone, but not when we're with everybody else. That's okay. I knew I was gonna take a hit. But what happened was, we only split it four ways. So me, Pete, Todd, and Lee paid for it. 
and you know, I didn't say anything, but I'm like, the bill was $240 for me alone. Um, and I was like, uh, this is really bad, <laughs> but I, I didn't say anything cause I didn't want to be a dick or anything. So, um, so, so, you know, what was happening was like, I was paying for his wife and Pete's wife. And I'm like, well, I guess that's okay. But, you know, I don't want to be Jewy about it, but I mean, Jesus, right? I shouldn't really have to pay for them, right? I mean, I'm taking Elon and his wife out on Monday because I'm paying for them because, you know, she was kind enough to help us with that, the Turbocharge album cover. More to come. So, you know, all week it was, you know, it was still a fun night. He's like, it's a great night, it's a great night. I'm like, I, 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 so, so also, when Rachel and I performed at Rutgers on last week, Rachel had told me I was going to get um, uh, $500 uh, for opening. I, I don't mind telling you how much I'm getting. It doesn't matter. And uh, and she Venmoed She's like, oh, I'm going to Venmo you the money now. And she Venmoed me $400. So I have these two situations where I'm like, do I bring this up to these guys? I don't want to sound Jewy. I've never... You, I mean, you guys know me. I'm, I'm, I'm not a stickler for prices unless there's something amiss. I'm, I'm, I'm lovely spending the money and taking people out and just paying for stuff. But you know, when there's something amiss, I like to complain about it on the podcast. But technically, you know, I like to. And these are my two friends who I know aren't doing anything on purpose. But they must know I'm in a situation right now where. Kind of, I got to account for everything. And so at least it doesn't happen again. So the first person I call this this horrible day is Rachel. I'm like, um, you know, I, uh, this is crazy, <laughs> but you had said when we first did, and it's really no big deal because I knew we were talking about it. I said, you don't even have to pay me. And you had said it was going to be five. And she's like, wait, did I only... I only gave you four. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I meant to. And I'm like, now, I don't know how you make that mistake. And I know she didn't do it on purpose, but it's kind of weird that, you know, she didn't realize she just sent me less. I don't know, but I, I'm not suspecting her of doing anything suspicious or anything, but it was just kind of funny. But that is what Rachel does. She does make mix-ups like that, but she immediately gave me the money. Um, and I was like, but I still felt like a dick for asking, but how, how could I not? You know, she quoted, she's like, here's, hey, do the show for me. Here's what you get. And then she gave me less, you know. So um, also, Emilio from the New York Comedy Club, uh, the other, you know, I went at the Bridgeport. He goes, yeah, I'll Venmo you guys money on Monday. I've never seen that money. And then Lee, I finally told him a couple days. Now, that same day I called Rachel. I'm like, um, ah, damn it. I had a really good time. I didn't want to bring it up. But crap, um. I don't know, you know, it's like, uh, why did we only split it four ways? And, and if that was the plan, it's, I don't, you know, he's like, what? And I, like, he was like, well, I didn't take care. I told you I didn't say, and Todd just did it because Todd has money. So he's probably just like the boys will pay, I guess. I don't know. The girls never even mentioned anything because I guess they thought their husbands were paying, which would make sense. But Todd just split it four ways because Lee didn't have, you know, and, you know, it just happened and Lee felt horrible and his wife felt even more horrible and he goes, I'll Venmo. I'm like, no, 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 don't, please don't. I just wanted to bring it up. It had to be discussed. 
in a forum. But don't Venmo, but he, he, he did anyway. And I said, please, it's not necessary. He goes, no, no, we'll go out again in January and, you know, I'll take you out this time. I'm like, that's not necessary either, but I had to bring it up, right? You have to bring it up, right? Now, that's the funny thing I said to him. I'm like, well, you know, in the way I'm just like, well, why do I have to pay for two other people's wives? But it, the reality is um, I'm, I feel better paying for Rachel and Laura than I do for most of the girls I usually take out. I'd rather pay for Rachel and Laura <laughs> than the girls that I usually go out with that I do pay for, which I'm like, just like, why am I paying for these people? They're horrible. So I felt bad, but I felt like, you know, I, I, I had to bring it up, right? I mean, it, it, would you have? I don't know. How do you handle it? I guess this is next. Probably should have opened with this. Turbocharged, ladies and gentlemen, on Amazon Prime as we speak. Came out, uh, David Curry discovered it on the site. I, what did I, re-upload it on the when? No, it was at Monday. Monday, December 2nd. I re-put it up after we fixed the re- ridiculous closed captioning issue whatever they had and we republished it and I kept checking every day I kept checking and it was just said publishing there was no explanation points and I just kept checking and checking and checking and I'm like ah and then on Thursday morning David Curry sent me a text and said and he sent me the picture and it's up and I'm like no way it's up I can't believe it and it's up and I, I guess people have been purchasing it and it's exciting and uh the, it's exciting to see on your TV and the, 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 the cover art. It looks amazing. That's why I'm taking those kids out for dinner Monday. Sarah Altman put it together. Maybe she doesn't go by uh, her married name. I don't know. But Turbocharge is out and ready for action. Turbocharge, the unauthorized story of the cars. With me, David Hill, Rachel Feinstein, Kevin Cash, Tom Shalou, H. John Benjamin. Elon Gold that make me go and when the feeling fades behind your eyes ooh. hey that's me on the guitar eh uh, uh. piano solo How did you do it? How did you know? You know how to press the buttons that make me go. And when the feeling fades behind your eyes, how did you do it? How did you do it? How did you know? Yeah, I took it from David's uh, <laughs> the um, YouTube thing, which I should probably put down as a trailer if you can. I don't know how you fit it in. I still don't know how Amazon works. I don't know. I don't know where you can see how many people have purchased it already. I, it, it doesn't seem to come up, but uh, exciting nonetheless. Turbocharge 
the unauthorized story of the cars on Amazon. On Amazon. It's on regular Amazon. You go to Amazon.com, put in TurboCharge, put in Dave Juskow. It comes up. It's amazing. Can't believe it. And that is all thanks to Donna and David and the Night Thoughts podcast who started and pounded and seemed to get Dave Juskow and said, if we badger him enough, he may do something about it. If it was not for you two guys, it just would not be out there. It would not be out there. Rick Ocasek would have come and gone in life and death, and we would have said, ah, it's too bad we didn't put the movie out. Um, So I thank you guys so much for... You know, just kind of, I'm not saying badgering because it certainly wasn't a, there was no not one point where I was just like, oh, well, these guys leave me alone. It was. It's never like that. You two are the kindest people I've probably ever met. Um, truly good-hearted people. Um, so I completely just consider you guys really close friends at this point. And um, if it wasn't for you guys, it just probably never would have seen the light of day for anyone else. I mean, I know I sent it to you guys early, but no one else would have able been able to see this until I die and they somehow pried it out of my hands. Uh, and not I wasn't even holding it back. I just, you know, listen, again, they didn't have this kind of technology when we made the film. And again, you know, we were on... I'm always... My timing is off all the time. And it's not just in comedy. Um, it, it's just like... Uh, when we made the film, we made it at a, in a time where the, everything was changing. Digital film, everything was changing. And then there was no platform to put it on. And I was like, I just didn't want to put it on on YouTube. I wanted it charged, you know, $1.99 for it or even 99 cents. Something to make it all worthwhile for all the people that put time and effort and really time and effort as much as the movie is, you know, strange and weird. I'm sure if you really take a look at it, um, let alone, you know, it's feature length, which is hilarious in itself, um, you can see how much production kind of went into it and the time and you imagine the amount of people and sometimes there were three or four cameras rolling and, you know, you, you can see the efforts, the locations, all that kind of stuff, even the costuming and stuff. So there was a lot of time and people put a lot of patience and time and money into it and... You know, I'm not saying it paid off, but I'm saying it seems fair enough to charge a little something. So if it were ever get to a price where I could, you know, pay some of the people back, let alone myself, but I'm just saying like, you know, um, memo, uh, you know, I mean, everybody worked for free, uh, you know, for lunches and dinners. And all these people that commuted from D.C. and Boston who would come down to New York City on the weekends and stay at Memo's house because I didn't want people here because I'm a fucking asshole. And they'd stay at Memo's house, which is so fucking what an asshole I am. Because I'm like, no, I got to concentrate. <laughs> Such an ass. Um, actually, I don't think anybody ever asked to stay. Maybe Eric Barrio did once and then I was a complete jerk off. And I love him. And thanks to him, too. I'm just such a weirdo when people come up. I'm trying not to be that way anymore, but I'm I'm a strange, strange, stupid jerk off. And memo is the complete opposite. The more the merrier staying at my my little apartment, you know. I mean, um, I think he's still even the same way with his daughter, you know. I mean, just like, yeah, stay whenever you want. Hey, hey. 
He, he's just that kind of guy. That probably does have something to do with being Mexican. Uh, but um, I don't know. It's, uh, I just, I just, everybody needs to get paid. And I don't know how long it'll stay up before, uh, you know, maybe somebody complains or whatever. So get it while it's hot. I went down to um, this bar, the bar I hang out at down in the village yesterday. And I told some people, the bartender about it. And she actually, she's like, hey, I'm going to get high tonight and watch it. I'm like, now you're talking. That is what to do. And she wrote me afterwards. She goes, this is the greatest. I'm so high and I'm loving it. I'm like, okay, so I'm right. Being high is the only way to watch. <laughs> Unless you love the cars, then it's a completely different experience because you'll appreciate the history of it. But, um, you know, if you don't like the cars, then you better be high because it, it it's that kind of film, I guess. But turbocharged, what? It's unbelievable I didn't open with that. It's so crazy. I can't believe it's out. And I can't believe it's out during Christmas, which is the perfect time because, you know, it's got you know, snowmen and, and uh, you know, we were doing the Rudolph the, the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, this is the perfect time of the year I should be, uh, you know, putting it out there. But unfortunately, this time of the year, I didn't know when it was going to come out. I didn't know how it worked, and I couldn't really plan anything. You know, I, try, I told you I think I'm trying to get on that uh, Guys We Fucked podcast, you know, which is good. I'm, I'm going to be on Compound Media uh well, this week, Wednesday, uh, tomorrow. Uh, no, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, this comes out Tuesday. I'll be on the 11th on uh, the Anthony Kumi show, Dave Landau, tomorrow to promote. And uh, then we'll take it from there. I'm going to go on Artie Lang's new show, um, the podcast, and then I'm going to try and get on Mark Maron. You know, but that probably wouldn't be till like January or something, but who cares? You know, we'll just keep doing the promotion, putting it out there, and then we'll make more. So yesterday I went down to this um, production facility to see if I can tape my next special uh, there. I'm just going to keep taping specials and putting on the, them on Amazon and seeing what happens. Because why not? I'm telling you, like we said, if it's Saturday, the Dave Jeskow channel, it's coming to your town. Been waiting a long time to have something, and I'm going to feel much better than the normal person who puts stuff out on YouTube for free to charge 99 cents. 99 cents. I mean, this one you had to charge a little more. But normally, 99 cents. Because it's not, I'm not even looking to make money. It's just like, it, it, it's, 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 it's the principle of the thing. Although I'm sure I'm looking to get my production costs back and that that's it though. I don't mind putting money into anything if I can get it back. So this guy told me it would be like $4,000 to like rent this place for like 10 hours. But it might be worth it. Because it might be great. I don't know, we'll find out. Oh, so uh, Thursday night, I was at the West Side Comedy Club, and not a lot of people showed up, but it was great. The lineup was great. It was a good time. You know, I'm working with Judy Gold's kid, and we had a great time. The show was great. I did good. The people that were there liked it. We have another show December 19th with Rachel, uh, Gary Goldman, maybe Gary Vidar, but I'm mad at him because he didn't show up on this one. Um, who else on that show? Oh, Judy Gold, of course. Uh so that's going to be a fun night, December 19th, the West Side Comedy Club. Um, you know, and then January, I got another show at The Cellar. I don't have a date yet, but I will. And, uh, oh, my God, Nick Griffin and Sam Morell were on Thursday night, and they were terrific. And Nick Griffin, my God, this guy has gotten funny. You guys, all new material. He was amazing. Look him up. He's terrific. He's gotten even better. He's such a nice guy, too. 
I think I'm going to have him on my next show. He's just very dry and slow talking. So, you know, you got to mix it up with the people, you know, so that's that's the whole key. But he closed the show and he killed it. I mean, he killed it. And it was uh, really exciting. Um, but there's this girl that works there. She's the manager, right? Her name is Lori Summer. I don't care if I tell you the names. I really just don't give a shit at this point. This girl, Lori Summer, right? And she's like a friend with Marina. And she's managing the place. And um, then she wants to do time. She wants to go on stage, which, of course, is not cool for the manager to do time. It's pathetic. Uh, but whatever. We want to keep her happy. So we'll put her up for five to seven minutes, right? And Henry's like, well, she gets the crowd going. She's good. Whatever. I don't. It doesn't matter. But. She comes, I'm telling the guy all the times, the, here's the lineup, here's the times, and then I go, and then maybe Lori, if she adjusts her attitude, can go on. Now, obviously, I'm kidding. This is the way I tell whatever. And she goes, excuse me, what did you say? And I'm like, no, I just said, I didn't say anything. And then she's like, what did you say? I'm like, I said, if you adjust your attitude. She's like, what is that supposed to mean? And I'm like, I'm kidding. I'm joking. She's like, I don't know if you're joking. I don't know you. I'm not friends with you. I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you? We're at a fucking comedy club. I was kidding around. You fucking weirdo. And so... I go inside and I leave because I'm in a huff. And then she comes in. She goes, um, can I talk to you, please? And she brings, I'm like, oh, Jesus, we're going to do this. So she brings me in this room and we start talking. And then she goes, you know, I'm the manager here and I need respect. And I know you're only doing that because I'm a woman. And I ripped her a new asshole because I was, I, yes, I turned the tables on her because I was so insulted that she thought I did that because she's a woman. If you guys all know me on this podcast, I treat everybody the same. I know the, 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 Rachel and Marina are like, why do you keep making these girls cry? But I swear, it, I didn't say this just the other time. I would have said that to any other guy I knew too. It had nothing to do with her being a woman in this particular case. I was giving her shit because, um, oh, I know what it was because I had friends. So Sarah Silverman had a friend in. Um, that I haven't seen in 30 years. We were excited to see each other, and she's going to help me in this uh, future projects and stuff. She's great. I haven't seen her in a long time. This is our high school friend, and we're talking at the door, and this girl lawyer's like, Take, can you have them see, please? I'm like, it, it's 10 minutes beforehand, and there's no one there. And I'm like, no, I haven't seen these people in 30 years. Well, the protocol is that they have to sit down, and you have to go to them. I'm like, I can't just talk to them for like 10 minutes. So that's why I said, if you could adjust your attitude, which I really was kidding and it really had nothing to do with her being a girl so i was so angry and i'm like you know i think if you because she goes if you talk to marina you'll know how i'm like i said well if you talk to marina then you'll know that i do this with everybody and it has nothing to do with you being a woman and you should be ashamed of yourself i was so angry and then i found out through everybody this is what she does i mean she just accuses everybody because she's a woman that didn't even cross my mind now if she was black it would have crossed my mind. I mean, this is how racist I am. It probably would have, but uh, not in a bad way, but I would have been like, I wonder if she's going to say it's because I'm black. But no, it didn't even cross my mind. I wasn't even thinking like that. I'm, the other woman, I don't know. Every comedy manager I know is a woman, and this has never been any kind of issue at all. Like, there's never been a situation. I'm like, God, I wish a man was booking this. He'd understand. Like, I don't think anybody talks like that. So that's why it was really weird. But then everybody said, this is what she does. This is what she does. In fact, Marina even tells me she's on the dance floor. She does. She hates men. That I can understand. Who wouldn't? We're disgusting. But boy. But anyway, I made up with her 
right after that, and then we were good because, like, I had to. That's for the club, but it was, like, going to affect my performance because I'm not as cool as I want, as I think I am sometimes. Like, I can't perform comedy if I'm in a bad mood, as you know, because the other day when I left that place, I can't, I'm not a professional enough that I can rise above what just happened five minutes before. Like, I got to get it out or I feel like I can't be funny on stage because then I'm, well, then it's just a big lie. I'm faking. I don't know. I need to be in a good mood. When I'm in a good mood, I'm really funny. And if somebody has rubbed me the wrong way, I it, it shows on stage. It's bad. Because if you really want to be a professional of, of anything, let alone a professional comedian, you, you just got to be on every day, no matter what. If you're sick, if there's death, it, it doesn't matter. You That's what you do. You cannot show your emotions on your sleeve when you're performing stand-up comedy. I mean, you can in a different way, but it still has to be an act. So I had to rectify that, which I did, and now everything's fine. At the end of the night, she's like, hey, can I get you any food? I'm like, nah, I don't know. And then and then I saw the food she was ordering. I'm like, actually, that looks unbelievable. It's like, because they got a restaurant upstairs called Playa Betty's, and they had like a, um, a chicken taco. Oh, my God, it looked amazing. I got three of them. I bought them home. Went to town on them. Meanwhile, yesterday, I had this big day because I had the meeting and the podcast thing, and then I went to sell it, blah, blah, blah. And then I walked all the way home from the village, and I was like, I called two people. I called my sister because, you know, we're okay again. I just don't, you know, whatever. And I called, um, I think, Joe Messina, and I said, I need some. <laughs> I called two people to talk me out of getting a bucket of chicken for dinner from KFC, the true original bucket of chicken. I call, I call my sister. I'm like, I just, I listen. I got something going on. I got to talk to you about. It. She's like, all right, wait, hold on. I got to get in my car. And then she, you know, she's like, okay, what is it? And I'm like, um, I need you to talk me out of buying a bucket of chicken tonight. She goes, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I'm like, no, I need you. Ugh. And then I call Joe. He goes, oh yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> like I thought for sure somebody would be like you. I mean, Joey, you know, he puts it in there, you fat bastard. But uh, damn it. So while I was walking after I took the Joe, I didn't even stop. I was like, yeah, I'm watering the bucket of chicken now. Oh, it cost me $41 to have it delivered here. But it was a bucket of chicken. It was eight pieces, uh, two sides of large mashed potatoes with gravy. That's what it comes with for $20. So how did it get to 41 That's the question. It came with coleslaw, too, and biscuits. And then I ordered a side of macaroni and cheese. I mean, you can go for it all, right? So for another $4. So that's $25. How is it $41? Well, there's a delivery fee, there's sales tax, there's a service charge because they got to bring it all the way up from 14th Street and somehow it costs $41. On the flip side of that, I will be having it after I finish this podcast. I will be finishing it and then maybe even eating it until tomorrow. So it does last for two or three meals. So that's not that bad as I would probably spend $20 a meal anyway. So, but yeah, I've been eating. So I can't stop. I just I can't stop. In fact, I think the Monday morning I ordered a burrito, not a breakfast burrito, a burrito. I couldn't even believe they made it. I what's happening? I have a tapeworm in my stomach, and he says it's time to eat every hour on the hour. Uh, it's really, even though that day I was going to Wolfgang Steakhouse. I had a bag of potato chips. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not eating anything. And then I ate this. I'm like, well, let me just have one chip. Well, that is stupid. And, you know, here we go talking about food again. That's the funniest thing. Like, because um, telling these guys that are thinking of, you know, changing the podcast over to uh, platforms. 
that, you know, like, well, this guy always makes fun because I talk about a sandwich for 20 minutes, but I can't help myself. I mean, come on. I love talking about the food. I, what are you going to do? I love food. It's delicious. I'm the Joey Triviani of Manhattan. Come on. What's my favorite food? Two pizzas. Everybody knows that. Sandwiches. Oh. I mean, it's not good for your weight, but at least I walked all that way. and It would have been better to walk it off, but I walked it off and then put it right back on. But I got no plans for today or tonight, so I won't be spending any extra money. I won't be drinking yesterday and drink. I was at that bar. They're like, you want a drink? You want a shot? You want a drink? I'm like, no, no, no. And on Monday, I saw our friend Keanu Thompson, who was lovely, and she called. She's like, let's hang out. I'm like, really? Out of the blue? And she's like, yeah, let's do this every week. And we went to the bar. And we drank, we had like four vodka tonics apiece. I went to the bathroom and she paid. That's like never happened before. Where does that, I was like, I what? I, we weren't talking about money, right? I didn't tell her the things I just told you. That was so cool. I don't, that was very nice. I was like really happy. Um, I don't know. And we had a really nice time. We went back to the cellar and David Tell is inventing this new game and we played it and it was fun. I mean, he's crazy because he's like, don't tell anybody. And I'm like, I don't think anyone cares. But he's trying to invent this new like game show thing. And we tried it. And it was really fun. And I think she was you know, thrilled to be included. But then meanwhile, the girls from Guys We Fucked were there, which is Christina Hutchins, who I had never met before, and Corinne Fisher. And they were thrilled to be playing the game with Dave Attell. That's, that's the part that always is like, all these people are thrilled to be playing the game with Dave Attell including Eden Fidance, who opens for him all the time. They become friends, but, and he's like so excited. But, you know, for me, I'm like, uh, well, I guess we got to play because he's going to get mad if we don't. That's <laughs> just a, such a different situation for me. Uh, meanwhile, I think I'm, oh, Ian is opening for him, but I'm doing a guest spot on his show at the Stress Factory, I believe, this Friday. I don't know if it's both shows or not. This Friday in New Brunswick, New Jersey at the Stress Factory. And, um, I may go to see Olga at the Governor's on Saturday. I don't know whether I'm doing a spot there or not, but I'm hoping to. I don't know whether I'd go if I didn't have a spot, I guess. I mean, I do want to support, but I really hate going to Long Island. But New Brunswick, New Jersey, I mean, that's my hometown, right? So totally going to go there. That's cool, right? We'll have a good time. I'm going to have a good time there. Um, So I guess we're back, me and Dave, in that sense. And then I think, uh, I don't know. I guess that's it, right? What else did I have to say? Let's see. Oh, I'll tell you this. I just got new information on uh, Penny Marshall. And she's dead, so I don't mind telling you. Um, so my friend used to have sex with her, this guy, uh, Dan Vitale. Hey, you can say all the names now. And I think I told you the story a long time ago that Dan Vitale, uh, who used to be on Saturday Night Live, was at a Yankee game with Lauren Michaels and Art Garfunkel and Dan Vitale and Art Garfunkel got into a big fight because they were both, I'm just going to use crude words now because it's funnier, but normally, as you know, this is not the way I talk. Uh, but they were both fucking Penny Marshall. And uh, Dan was so drunk, he ended up, maybe Art Garfunkel might have punched him in the stomach, and then he ended up throwing up on Art Garfunkel. Now, I don't know what's funnier than that until I found out uh, yesterday from another friend that um, apparently Dan Vitale put, Vitale put his entire fist up Penny Marshall's pussy um, because it was that loose. 
know that's disgusting, and we don't usually talk this way on the podcast, but there was just something so funny about um, the fact that he put a, a fist up Penny Marshall's vagina um, that I had to call my friend Lawrence immediately and tell him that. Just, just I don't know why that made me laugh. He like, I have my fist so far up Laverne's pussy. <laughs> it's disgusting and the most hilarious thing I'd ever heard because I just can't picture doing that because she's kind of repulsive. But, um, I mean, it's just so funny. You know, who's who, how many people do you know that are going to have a story like that in your lifetime that you're ever going to hear that about, you know, um, you know, it'd be the same thing if, what if, uh, yeah, my hand was so far up B. Arthur's vagina, whatever. Or the way Jeff Ross goes, I wouldn't, what was it? I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck you with B. Arthur's dick. That's the line. All right, now we're getting gross. Now it's getting out of control. Am I right? I think, I think I'm right. This is all this little Christmas music in the record. I think we'll do it again next week, too. Don't we do this every year? We play a little Christmas music in the background? Anyway, um, I think next week is our final week for the year. And then, uh, I don't know, I guess we'll see what happens, huh? I mean, so let's just plan it out. I don't know why all of a sudden I'm getting uh, verklempt. So we uh, so this comes out on the 10th. Then we have our last one on the 17th. Probably just you and me. And then we start fresh again on January 7th. January 7th. 2020. What can you expect from this podcast in the future? Probably more of the same. Sandwiches. Uh, celebrities. Uh, a lot of talk of nonsense and uh, anger issues, depression, suicide, and lots of laughs along the way. Seriously, what other show is going to give you that? No one. No one. That's why this show kicks ass. It does. I dare you to find another show like this. I really do. You're not going to get the big laughs and the sadness. It's like my show is like crimes and misdemeanors. That's what it is. You know what I was thinking about Woody Allen, by the way, today? And I was thinking, um, I was thinking like what we, Mr. Sarah were talking about, which was a very interesting conversation. You know, what do you do with this, you know, this knowledge and the stuff of what he's doing? But then I was thinking, you know, like maybe we shouldn't be so, I mean, you know, with the thing with Sun Yi and everything and cheating, but it's like all his movies are about cheating. Every single movie he makes is about cheating on somebody, you know, people cheating. That's his whole thing. So wouldn't it make sense that he would cheat on his wife with somebody else? I don't know how we got so angry about that. Again, I guess it's because it's his stepdaughter. But still, why wouldn't he do that? Because he depicts it in all of his movies. I don't think I'd ever write a movie where somebody's cheating on somebody because, well, I just don't want that to happen. I'd be devastated. But he's living in this world where he feels everyone cheats on everybody, which they probably do. But um, I don't know. You know, you'd like to think that that's not the case, I guess. I'm just trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to tell you guys. But I really have a very slow December. Uh, I have the show on the 19th. I have the, uh, I think there's a, uh, what do you call it, a charity event for Gilbert Gottfried's kids uh, for his pu the public school they go to on January 20th at Gotham very expensive show with me and Judy Gold and uh, I don't know some other people because um, Gilbert's wife is kick ass and I'll do whatever she wants and um, I guess that's about it so yeah not that much going on but then we got our final show and uh, we'll try and make that great and tide you over for two weeks while we uh, finish these depressing holidays 
um, for me at least. And uh, you know, and then on January seventh, I'll let you know what um, we did for New Year's and everything, and take it from there. Couldn't leave on the uh, sad Christmas music, so uh, you know we got to leave on our regular. Sammy Hagar, my friend uh, Carl Blanco, it was his birthday yesterday, and he's the uh, he loves he worships Sammy's Red Rocker in our football pool. And I said, "Yeah, I leave every episode with your love is driving me crazy." And he's like, "Yeah, rock on." <laughs> yeah, who doesn't like Sammy? Only jerk offs. But remember, Turbocharge out. On Amazon, you can get it in the UK. You can get it in the US. I don't know. We should probably put it in Japan so we can say, hey, we're big in Japan. Probably should put it in Japan, I guess, if there's... Do you have to close caption in Japanese? I don't know. Maybe we'll put it on another forum or something, too. But right now, we're just trying to get it on there, see if it worked, and it did, and see what happens. I'll let you know more next week when I know more about lots of stuff. So that's what we'll do as we creep out of 2019, move into 2020, which better be my year, for Christ's sakes. And uh, I just hope everybody is having a great holiday season. It is super fun. And then remember, on January 2nd, it just sucks. Everything's going to suck. Then it just all gets real till Memorial Day, you know? The whole world sucks. But hopefully you and I will be doing some fun things by then. And, uh, you know, we'll always have a show at the Comedy Cellar, and there's always lots of fun to be had there. And, you know, maybe I'll be in your neighborhood soon. Well, that's our show for today. This is The Nightfly. I'm Dave Juskow, and we'll see you next time. Please.